0: This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners.
1: Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello. Hello. How are you? I like totals. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm so glad you do.
0: They're cute. Um, okay. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what to do with that. It's fine. It's Hi, It's episode friends. 85. Episode 85. And we're doing... An aggravatingly awesome topic. Yeah, we both hate these so much. So, so much. We're doing Unsolved Murders. Unsolved Cases, but it makes me want to hear more and more about them. Yes. Because somebody somewhere is going to figure this shit out. Somebody knows something. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn it. So... Go to the
1: socials. Yeah,
0: go go there. Those see, are fun. See the pictures from the episode. Maybe you'll solve the crimes. Ooh, maybe. There's also trivia. There's trivia. There's shenanigans. There's mind teasers. Mind teasers. Yeah, we have those. I forgot about those. Um, hump day treats. Oh yeah, we got you know those what? too. It's hump day. I'm dancing like Ashton. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Do it again, let me see. Oh my god, I was kind of doing that too. (laughs) Oh inspiration
0: from the five-year-old.
1: Nice. New dance moves.
0: I like it. So this hump day is brought to you by Brittany (laughs) Gowetsky. And the
1: crowd
0: goes wild. <laughs> so we ain't got no food today. Sorry. Yeah, she's making me starve. It's fine. I know. It's just one more thing I've filled up right. Sorry, I week. could miss a meal or two. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> all right. So. Ooh, I need the story. She hasn't even told me yet. Um, It's kind of a clusterfuck as most of them are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess real quick, I need to tell you what my topic is. My topic is the redhead murders. Yeah. If y'all remember, it was a trivia question mm-hmm. a while back, and I said, we'll get into it later. Here's yeah. later. Yeah. She Welcome. wouldn't give us too many details, so now she's about to give us all of them. All the tea. Mm-hmm. I try my damnedest to pre-plan my hump day <laughs> treats so I'm not stressing on Friday to scramble and find something. Right. So I had written down that I wanted to make some sort of ginger cocktail, and I was going to be bougie as fuck about it, too. Right. So, my normal process of podcasting did not go as planned this week. No, so it did not. I didn't write my story in the most timely manner. Usually, it's done by Thursday night. It I'm was sure it's still really good. Done by like four thirty today. So, <laughs> I didn't. Me, I didn't put a lot of thought into my hump day treat because I was having issues. So, this week has been a doozy, friends. That's why we're drinking. Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> so today, I was like skimming through different ginger cocktail recipes, and I was like, "I have no time for this because it's like buy a fresh ginger root and shave it off." And oh, like, hell no, 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 no. Everything no. was so intricate, no, and it was no. like, I can't mm-mm, use mm-mm. the frozen diced ginger in my freezer. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you probably could, but so. Ix made that, and I went yeah. to um, the next best thing, which is ginger ale. <laughs> so I looked for ginger Perfect. ale cocktail. Perfect. But you know, because I'm doing redheaded murders and gingers, and you know, redheads are called it gingers. Goes. That it goes. was my line of thinking. So I, think I accept. I accept. And this one has ginger ale in it, mm-hmm. and it was red. And so here we are. It's called a dirty Shirley, <laughs> and it's got a lot of vanilla vodka in it because we started to double the recipe and then we stopped because our cups weren't big enough. (laughs) We were like, oh yeah, we had to put other stuff in there too. Double the vodka, not double the ginger ale. Mm -mm. So it's got vanilla vodka and ginger ale and grenadine and it was garnished with a slice of lime and a maraschino cherry
1: loving it
0: it is delightful
1: it is really really good um you almost can't taste the vodka there's there's a little bit of an after flavor but it's a dangerous one super good and i got the
0: good vodka well not the best but i got really good the good vanilla stuff yes i got vanilla absolute and Mm -hmm. it's lovely so chills,
1: chills. it doesn't have that funky aftertaste Mm -mm. that some vanilla vodkas have no
0: it's lovely so G-lish. have a dirty Shirley and happy humping. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to some unsolved murders with
1: us. Yeah. Are y'all ready for the good stuff? I'm ready because I don't know it. Okay. Tell me stuff. Okay. Okay.
0: The redhead murders. <laughs> I didn't expect you to do that and I'm here for it. <laughs> Few serial killings are as mysterious as the case of the Redhead Murders. The Redhead Murders is the name given to the unsolved murders of redheaded women along major highways in the U.S. in the 1980s. And technically, it was from 78 to 90, so... Oh, shit. Okay. These victims were often sex workers or hitchhikers, and many were never identified due to an inability to find a family to verify their identities. Damn it. Okay. So, cool. Here we go. A little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Thanks. The bodies of multiple young women with red or reddish hair were found discarded near highways in Tennessee, Kentucky, and other neighboring states between 1983 and 1985. Mm. This prompted fears of a serial killer, of course. Yeah. Police okay. formed a multi state task force in 1985 to gather information. Okay. At the time, authorities were focusing on 9 to 10 murders of unidentified women. Well, that's too many. Yeah. The women were mostly redheads, with the exception of one brunette. They were all found dumped on the side of interstates. Some were wrapped in blankets with duct tape. Many suspected a long-distance truck driver to be the culprit. Yuck. Which is what I would think, too. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. The first death was of an unidentified woman whose body was found naked alongside Route 250 near Littleton in Wetzel County, West Virginia, on February 13th, 1983. Okay. Her age was estimated 30 to 45, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, or NamUs. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I know that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like many of the victims, her hair was not truly red, but more of an auburn color, her cause of death is not entirely known, but it is likely that she was suffocated to death. Ooh. One person of interest arose after residents reported seeing a white man around five six near where the body was found. However, this man was never identified.
1: Oh, he got little man syndrome.
0: Mm-hmm. A year later, in 1984, another woman, this one identified as 28-year-old Lisa Nichols, was found strangled to death alongside Interstate 40 near West Memphis, Arkansas. Nichols had strawberry blonde hair and was likely picked up while she was hitchhiking before her murder. Her body was found with only a sweater on, following the pattern of victims being found naked. Gross. Why
1: are you picking
0: on the redheads? Why? uh, I don't know. Uh, Bundy liked brunettes. I I I know. Okay. In 1985, two more Murders were attributed to this rash of killings when police discovered two Jane Does in Campbell County, Tennessee, alongside Interstate 75. One of the victims had short red hair, while the conditions of the other body made it impossible to know her hair color. Both victims were found clothed, and the cause of their deaths is unknown, though foul play was heavily suspected. Yeah.
1: You can't recognize her hair color. That's
0: bad. It's bad. It's really bad. The killings continued, and on March 31st, the skeletonized body of another redheaded woman was found alongside Interstate 24 in Tennessee. The next month, two more redheaded victims were found. One was a woman with long red hair whose body was found in a white refrigerator left alongside Route 25 in Kentucky. She, too, was suffocated to death. The other was found in Greene County, Tennessee. She had light brown to blonde hair with red highlights and was killed by blunt force trauma. Oh my god! Yeah, so even even the unnatural redheads were targeted. So I would be screwed. Y- yeah. Oh Lord, honey, <sighs> you're switching colors. Mm-mm. <laughs> green, I, green. I haven't heard of the blue-headed murders, so <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was thinking green. <laughs> oh God. In 2018, DNA testing enabled TBI, which is the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, ah. and Kentucky State Police investigators to identify Elizabeth Lamotte. I think that's how you say that. Lamotte or Lamotte? Works for me. And Espy Black Pilgrim. What? what? That's her name, Espy Black Hyphen Pilgrim. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> My brain kept saying Etsy. Uh-huh. It's Espy. I know. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Lamotte was seventeen. The New Hampshire teen's body was found along Interstate 81 in Green County, Tennessee. She had been staying at a group home in Manchester, so she was from New Hampshire. Damn. Um, I have a picture of Elizabeth Lamotte. Okay. I'm to look at the notes. Looks like a school picture. Yeah, it does. It's a a yearbook club photo. Yeah, I was going to say a club picture because there's a shoulder. But that's what it looks like is a uh, photo backdrop. Yeah, definitely. Oh, sweet, precious. Mm -hmm. S.B. Regina Black Pilgrim. (laughs) That's so many names. S.B. Regina Black Pilgrim. You added one. Okay. Yeah, middle name. Was 28 years old. Mm. The North Carolina woman's body was found in a refrigerator in a dumping area along Route 25 in Knox County, Kentucky.
1: In a refrigerator?
0: She was what the one the? in the refrigerator, yeah. Oh my God. So I have a picture of her. It says Espy Regina. Oh my gosh. She is adorable. Yes. She's got all the jewelry on. <laughs> well, yeah. And a very 1985 staple haircut. I was about to say, this was what age? It was She's in the cute, 80s. Yeah, 80s. She was definitely. 28. Yeah. I love the accessories. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Police officers from the states where these victims were found came together to ask the FBI for help in determining if these murders were related. On April 24th, 1985, 21 officials from Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Arkansas met with FBI representatives at a six-hour summit in Tennessee to determine if these murders were related. Well, my goodness. Their result was inconclusive. Damn it. Steve Watson, deputy director of the TBI, said, quote, while there are some similarities in the cases, there's also a great number of dissimilarities. He noted that despite the catchy name of the redhead murders, only three of the victims believed to be related at the time had red hair while the others were strawberry blonde or dark haired. Hmm. Many other factors also varied, including that some victims were found clothed and others not. And some had been sexually assaulted or experienced sexual intercourse shortly before their deaths while others had not. Hmm. So most of them were naked, but like the one lady had a sweater on. Yeah. Um, And then, like it said, not all of them had been assaulted or had sex before death. doesn't really have a routine. Right. Hmm. Okay. So if they are unrelated, then the murders are at least a peek at the overlooked murders that occur across the world of women in vulnerable situations. Y'all. Many of these women are believed to have been unidentifiable because they were drifters or sex workers, often far removed from whatever family they may have had. It wasn't until 2018 that the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation connected the dots in one murder. New evidence revealed that a red-headed Jane Doe, who was found bound and strangled along Interstate 75 in Campbell County, Tennessee, on January 1st, New Year's Day, no. 1985, was Tina Marie McKinney Farmer. She was just 21 from Indiana. Damn. So I have a picture of Tina Farmer. Oh, baby girl. Yes, ma'am. She got cheekbones. She got the smoky eye.
1: Uh-huh. And oh, the hair! Mm-hmm. She got some thick ass hair.
0: Yep, but judging by whatever's around her neck, I think that's a mugshot. Oh, uh, but that's probably. the only
1: probably
0: that's why she's got that tough girl look on her yeah, face. Yeah, she a badass. Okay, but that's the only picture I could find of her, and I never found what what is below that line. I don't. Yeah. Know.
1: Well, they've permanently cropped it out for some reason. Yeah, I'm it probably it. is a mugshot, so that's why they yeah. cropped it. That's fine. It's a good picture. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, she's got model bone structure. Jesus. Family members have reported her missing shortly after Thanksgiving Day, 1984. So she went missing at Thanksgiving and by New Year, she was found.
1: Damn. Wow.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know oh. what happened between yeah. them. An autopsy determined she had been strangled and likely died several days before her body was discovered. In late 2019, a Campbell County grand jury implicated deceased trucker Jerry Leon Johns in Tina's death. In Ooh. Tina's case, evidence sat for a long period of time, TBI special agent Brandon Elkins told AE True Crime. Quote, police did all they could do then, but the top notch technology basically was blood typing, which only provides a circumstantial pattern at best. We were able to resubmit evidence using techniques we currently use, and we were able to obtain DNA evidence that ultimately led to solving the case. Nice. So they had, I, I cut this part out, but they had um, found semen on the blanket she was wrapped in oh, and had found semen on a piece of clothing that she was wearing. And I'm not sure if it was like panties or what it was, but um, they were able to test it later. Thank God. And I'm glad technology that's how, has evolved. Yeah, that's how they were able to connect him. Okay. So here's how. Here's how we found him. All right. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. On March 5th, 1985, a few months after Tina's murder, a young dancer with red hair named Linda Shack, sure, was propositioned by a customer at the club where she worked in Knox County, Tennessee, called Catch One Club, spelled with a K. <laughs> uh, it's okay it's okay I know it's okay <laughs> my anxiety went up a little bit imagine typing it the customer who later proved to be Jerry Johns tore two $100 bills in half he then gave her two halves and promised the rest when they had sex no
1: no Mm
0: fuck you That night, she had gone with him back to his hotel, where Johns pulled a gun on her, claiming to be a narcotics officer with Texas Rangers, and then abducted her. An armed Johns ripped up Linda's t-shirt, bound her, drove her to a wooded area near I-40, and strangled her until she passed out. Then he left her for dead in a storm drain.
1: Oh, my
0: God. Okay. So let's look at a picture of this asshole real uh, quick. <laughs> Jerry Johns. Ugh. Ew! Vomit. Yeah. He wins a trip to the douchebox
1: Gross.
0: So there's that. Let's not waste I'm I'm any more time on that. Uh, no. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Amazingly, Linda survived and her testimony led to John's conviction in 1987. Police also questioned him about the murders. Authorities described his personality as arrogant and condescending, and he wouldn't admit to anything, which is typical serial Mm -hmm. killer behavior, Mm -hmm. just saying. Though his attempted murder fit the M.O., police dismissed him as a suspect for the other killings since he had airtight alibis for the dates that the killings occurred. Some of them occurred while he was incarcerated, so he couldn't possibly have done that.
1: Okay, well, I mean, there can be more
0: than one. Yeah, we'll get to it. All (laughs) right. Johns gave an interview to the News Sentinel. Is that how you say that word? Johns gave an interview to the News Sentinel. Yes. Okay. (laughs) He said, (laughs) quote, apparently I fit the mold of what they were looking for, he said, from his jail cell. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, I would say so, since you killed somebody. <laughs> he says, uh, you can't blame them. They've got a lot of unsolved cases all over the country, but they can try all they want. It won't work. I didn't do it. Okay. A Knox County jury found Johns guilty of aggravated kidnapping and assault with intent to commit murder in 1987. He died in 2015 while serving a 73-year prison term. So one major reason the redhead murders remain unsolved is the logistics behind the killings. The victims who have been identified weren't native to the area where they were killed. Hmm. Many of these women were hitchhiking or transient. That made identifying them difficult because they're disappearing from one place and showing up someplace else. The placement of bodies along highways is also a complicating factor because it indicates a killer on the move, of course. Yeah. You think? (laughs) This seems to imply that the murderer could be a long-haul trucker. But the FBI never made that an official part of the profile because truckers aren't the only drivers using those roads. Right. Literally anyone with a vehicle could be the redhead murderer. Well, that narrows it down. Yeah. So I'm sure there was a lot of panic around truckers at the time. But Can you imagine? It could be anybody. It really could. It could be taxi drivers. Anyone. It could be you. Or you. (laughs) Another reason the redhead murder's case remains unsolved is simple. There might not be a single killer after all. I'm going to go with that. There are two possible conclusions. Either Tino Farmer was incorrectly included in the list of redhead murder victims, or Johns wasn't acting alone. Considering the differences between the victims, the idea that the redhead murders are actually the work of two or more killers with separate techniques can't be ruled out. hmm Which is what... I think it could be multiple, and I think they're not partners or anything. Yeah, I, think, I, don't th- I don't think they're partners at all. I think the color of their hair is coincidental at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like they're all natural redheads or well, they're I'm, all strawberry blondes.
1: I'm, yeah, there's too many other things that are coincidental,
0: mm-hmm. like their ages and stuff like that. Yeah. And their occupations, their lifestyle. Their lifestyle just makes them, um, sadly, an easier target.
1: Unfortunately, like, yes. But Ugh. I'm going to say it's more that
0: yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think they were victims of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah. One big reason the redhead murders remains unsolved is that people forgot about the case, and law enforcement stopped working it until recently. Mm. So here's what had happened. Okay. Investigative journalist Shane Waters began digging into the mystery. He traveled to the locations where six victims' bodies were found and planted red crosses there. Aww. In 2018, Waters produced a series of podcasts about the redhead murders. I haven't looked them up yet, but I'm going to. Okay, yeah. He tells A&E True Crime, quote, I think the world forgot about these women because they were deemed as throwaways, mm. end quote, which is what happens, and it I does. hate it. Yeah. Waters' mission for the truth connected him with several victims' families and, this is so crazy, A sociology class at Elizabethton High School in Tennessee. What? A high school teacher named Alex Campbell gave his sociology class an assignment in 2018, Profile the Killer in the Redhead Murders, whom the class dubbed the Bible Belt Strangler. What? Why didn't I have classes like this? No shit. I'd have been all over this shit. What? Teachers, do better. Do this. (laughs) Right? Do
1: this. Kids will totally get involved. Yes. Yes. I will come be a substitute that day. Yes. Please let me in. Oh, guest
0: speakers. Oh, yeah. Hey, we totally volunteer (laughs) as tributes. Yes. (laughs) At the end of the year, the class held a press conference to reveal the work they'd done, including a complete profile of the killer. The work done by Shane Waters and the class prompted a new wave of activity on the case. Good job. I like it. I know. With multiple states and police departments involved over 35 years, there's no official number of redhead murders. Tallies have ranged from six to 11 women. Most of them are un- unidentified. When police began investigating the redhead murders in the 1980s, DNA analysis wasn't available. Mm-hmm. The best technology available to police was blood typing, which yeah, and that all, you know, all that is limited. Yeah, So they're still unsolved with the exception of Tina Farmer's murder so if you have any information on the redhead murders you can contact the TBI at 1-800-824-3463 or tbi.coldcase at tn.gov holy shit the end It, this one was even Ugh. more so frustrating for me because they don't even know if it was one dude or lots of dudes. Right. Like there's, in- or was it, was it even all males? Because
1: some of the women weren't sexually assaulted. Right. There's too many differences in all of them. It, it's definitely not one person, but oh my God, yep. the possibilities are endless. Seriously. That's a daunting task. Oh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That is definitely a big one. Oh my goodness. So, the past two weeks have been super difficult for me. They've been heavy topics. Mm -hmm. They've been a little lengthy. Mm -hmm. So, for my unsolved case, I have a question mark behind murders. (sighs) Don't know if they were murders or what they were. Because... (laughs) All we have are the feet. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. You know how much we love feet. And if you don't, um we that no, don't don't touch my feet. Yeah. I'm not It's been said. It didn't dawn on me that I was doing something that I like a body part that I absolutely hate until I was looking at photos. <laughs> I'm like, that's foot, it's foot, it's foot, yep, yeah. that's foot. So I'm doing the case of the disembodied feet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just get ready. This is going to be fun. The mystery has haunted Canadians for more than a decade. One by one, human feet clad in running shoes have floated ashore on British Columbia's southern coast with some gruesome regularity.
0: That's not okay.
1: Now, a foot washes up on a beach. Short item on the local news, right? hmm But another foot washes up. Not the matching left foot, but another right foot. Suddenly, you have the makings of a headline-grabbing double murder mystery. But, oh, <laughs> contraire, make that a headline-grabbing mass murder mystery. Over the past decade and a half, 21 feet have washed up on the shores of the Salish, Salish Sea. That's like sea cells, so sea cells. So yeah, Yes. I hate it. Anyways, the body of water that straddles the U.S. Canada border on the Pacific Coast. I have a little map. Okay, I like maps. Yeah, um, it has photos of all the feet. <laughs>
0: Great. They're in shoes. Oh, okay, those are shoed
1: feet. Yeah, they're okay. they're all shoed feet. Well, except for one, but they didn't. They don't have that one on here. So
0: you're welcome. Okay, that's a lot of lot of places but for they're feet to wash. All it. in the
1: same area.
0: Um, Okay.
1: mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's so disturbing.
1: So disturbing, so odd. Yeah, I had to do it. So it all started in the summer of 2007. On August 20th, a girl spotted a blue and white Adidas sneaker on the shores of Jedediah Island between the mainland of British Columbia and Vancouver Island. Peeping inside the shoe, she was shocked to find it contained a decayed male right foot. Oh, I, ugh, that would be so horrific. I have a picture of a shoe. Not that one, but I do have a picture of one of the
0: shoes. You can see the ankle bone. Um, oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's not okay.
1: And if you're interested, I have a photo of a decayed foot. <laughs> I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta at least look
0: like oh, at it. No, <laughs> oh no. There's one of the feet. Oh, look at your own risk. <laughs> I'm gonna post it.
1: Okay. But then six days later, another size 12 sneaker, this time a black and white Reebok, was found on Gabriella Island, about 30 miles to the southeast. Inside, another decayed male right foot. Hmm. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police were baffled. Mounties. I know. <laughs> Mounties?
0: <laughs> Mounties.
1: Finding one foot is like a million to one odds. But to find two is crazy, said RCMP spokesman Gary Cox. Gary. Gary. With two R's. (laughs) I've heard of dancers with two left feet, but come on. Oh, he's a jokester, too. (laughs) He's a regular knee slapper, there. Come on, Gary. (laughs) The case refused to go cold, however. Over the course of the next year, five more severed feet turned up. Okay, y'all need to start dredging shit <laughs> something this ain't okay is going on here. okay? On February 8th, 2008, yet another male right foot washed up washed washed up, washed it washed up <laughs> I'm speaking a different language today. a washed up on Valdez Valdez Island. This time a size 11 on May 22nd, a female right foot was found on Kirkland Island tied up in a blue and white sneaker. Um, they were new balances. Okay. I don't know if that really matters. On June 16th, two hikers on Westham Island found the first left foot. Okay. It matched the right foot found earlier on Valdez Island. Oh, so they do have a match.
0: There's yeah. a pair. There, yeah. Okay. There's,
1: yeah. There's, there's a few that they were able to match
0: up. To couple? Yeah. Oy.
1: On August 1st, a camper discovered a male right foot inside a black size 11 shoe in.
0: <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look it up. I don't okay. know. We're gonna call it <laughs> f- fight. So no, there's no H, but it's a P. Have a. F- it's, a P- it's a P Y. Is it? Forever in my mind, it'll be psh. It's p y s h t. If you're from Washington, let us know. I'm so said sorry for <laughs> not being disrespectful,
1: but now it's too funny to even Google it and find out the correct pronunciation. Nah, it's forever. It's
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first find on the U S. side of the border severed feet, seeming to be a Canadian thing. You know, <laughs> until now,
0: <laughs> it only happens in Canada. <laughs>
1: Police suspected the currents may have carried this specimen across the international maritime border just 10 miles to the north. It's possible. It could happen. I mean, you're finding feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's feet. anything's possible. On November 11th, a woman's left foot was found in the Fraser River in Richmond. The shoe brand was another New Balance. Okay. In October 2009, just a single foot was found in Canadian waters. A woman or child's right foot in August of two thousand ten. I really hope it was. This a This one had no soccer shoe, so it was a little different. Oh no! Uh, yeah, another in December that was a boy's size six hiking boot. I don't like it. Three more in two thousand eleven, and one again in two thousand twelve. Foot number fourteen was discovered by a man strolling on a beach in Gabriella Isle- on Gabriella Island. Say it right. This time, the foot sque- was squeezed between a pile of logs and wore what appeared to be a hiking boot, according to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Why do people keep hanging out on these beaches is what I I mean, know. I think I would steer clear of this area. I don't want to swim with the feet. N- no. Okay. Oh. Okay. No. <laughs> no. At this point, I'm definitely going swimming in the catacombs compared to all this shit. Yeah. Okay? I'm out on freshwater re- reservoirs. Okay, I'm done. Okay, I'm swimming with the bones. I'm, I'm glad you see the light. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I've been blinded by the light. I see it so clearly, okay? So though the discovery rate did slow down a little bit, the mystery endured, but scientists formulated their own theories, less spectacular than those in the media. By the time another matching pair showed up at the botanical beach on Vancouver Island, days apart in February 2016, they were pretty sure that they had it figured out. Okay. I'll tell you what it is. I'm just a little bit because I think it's bullshit. Okay. But anyways, the 13 feet found previously along the coast since 2007 were in running shoes. Adidas, Reebok, and, you know, New Balance. Mm-hmm. Except for the hiking boots. Each time the questions arose, why are the feet ending up in Canada? Where did they come from? And where they came are they from other Canada! And,
0: well, obviously. That's how they ended up in Canada. <laughs> it's Canadian feet. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to know where the other parts are, too. That's not okay. Where are the other parts? Where is the rest of the leg?
1: Well, there's a few that had a little bit more attached. Mm -hmm. Is this the work of a sloppy serial killer with a foot fetish? Maybe. The mystery had gone viral, puzzling people around the world and inspiring crime writers as far away as Norway. Media speculation and public anxiety reached a fevered pitch. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. Popular theories involved the serial killer, mafia hits, alien abductions and autopsies, and illegal immigrants who had met their hor- horrific, horrific, horrific deaths in containers dumped at the bottom of the ocean. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. The phenomenon even attracted hoaxers, strewing so- shoes filled with non-human bones along the Pacific shores of
0: Western oh, that's Canada. that's so fucked up.
1: Stop it. Where's they, your mama? They would put like animal bones, like chicken bones inside
0: so of shoes. Like, like,
1: can, can you imagine picking it up and finding a drumstick? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Others have theorized that the floating appendages could belong to people falling off a ship or killed in a plane crash. Thirteen of them. Uh, 20, I mean, there's 21 now. Yeah, yeah. The three elements were key to finding the solution to the grisly mystery a better understanding of body decomposition in the sea, and and appreciation of changes in the footwear industry because they usually change up like every six months. (laughs) So that's how they were trying to judge like how old the feet were. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you the pair of tennis shoes that I wear like almost every day, I've had those for about two years. So (laughs) this this. That's it's still not, a window, though. It's a window. It's, it's still a, you know, it, it does help narrow it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, and also some DNA research, you know, because you know, that's a thing. From the feet. That, that exists. From all the feet. From, from feet. <laughs> Let's start. <laughs> okay. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that, okay, dead bodies in water are Gross. It's it's gross. Super gross. I don't. I did not even find you a photo of a, what a dead body because you don't. Nobody needs to see that. It's, it's nasty. It's
0: disgusting. It's nasty.
1: So let's um, talk about what happens when a dead body ends up in the ocean. Okay. <sighs> if, if if you're of a tender disposition, avert your mind's eye now because the process is not pretty. You've been warned. Bodies don't just don't. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> Bodies don't just decompose. When they sink, they are picked apart by scavenging creatures of the deep. Those bottom feeders prefer parts of the body with softer tissues around the orifices, but also including the ankles. Research from 2007 by Simon Fraser University for the Canadian Police on body decomposition, conducted in the very waters where the many of feedward would be found, showed that deep-dwelling fish, shrimp, and crustaceans could reduce a corpse to a skeleton in under four days. Wow. That's fast. While what remains of the body stays put on the sea floor, the gnawed-off feet float to the surface, at least if they're buoyed by recent generations of sneakers. That's what would make them float. Normally, they're not gonna. Okay. That's because they are generally made of lighter foam, than their pre-2000 counterparts. And they also have soles that contain air pockets. Air Jordans. For comfort. You remember the pump thing? The pump soles? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I did a sound effect with that. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, the area's topography and prevailing westerly winds help bear flotsam and jetsam ashore around the Salish Sea. Salish Sea. Yeah. Salish Sea. It was easy to read in my head. Of course. Of course. But I really can't. It's always easier in your head. Yeah. It's not It's not coming out with words. It's fine. You get it. Mm-hmm. We're good. So DNA analysis allowed the RCMP to link most of the feet to persons that had been reported missing and were presumed dead to accident or suicide. Okay. The New Balance sneakers belonged to a woman who had jumped off a bridge. The first foot from Jedediah Island was linked to a man known to be suffering from depression who had been missing since 2004. The foot found in November 2011 was matched to a local fisherman who had gone missing in 1987. In all, three pairs of feet were matched to each other. They were coupled, just like you said. Okay, but coroners have kind of like really put put a downer on this, on all the theories. I I don't like it. They've taken pains to dampen conspiracy theories and tame overactive imaginations. Barb McClintock... Barb. I know. A former coroner at British Columbia's coroner service once called it the myth of the famous feet. How is it a myth it's not a fucking myth. feet are washing up on shore? <laughs> Come on, Barb. Oh, my God. They, there's pictures. They exist. Mm-hmm. In 2016, after the hiker found the foot at the botan- botanical beach on Vancouver Island, Miss McClintock told the Canadian news media that the feet were the work of Neither strange serial killers amputating victims, nor funny little aliens
0: scattering the feet along the coastline. Boring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was here for funny little aliens, but I know. what else?
1: Oh my God, that'd be so cute. I mean, not the taking off, yeah, not, the, not, the, not, the, not the murdering, yeah. and, you know. But anyways, Andy Watson, a spokesman for the coroner's service, said that foul play had been ruled out in all previous cases. How? How can what you rule it out when all how, you have is how a foot? Can, how, how can you rule that out? Like, I don't understand that. Corners have attributed the disembodied feet to suicide or accident. Someone slipping and falling to the sea, for example, or a swimmer being swept into the ocean by a huge wave. Or um, getting
0: pushed off a mobster's boat to swim you. with the fishes. Oy. <laughs> Another
1: thing I read was that of the suicide victims is that when they hit the water feet first, that it snaps their feet off.
0: Um no that's stupid.
1: Then then why is this not all over the world, okay? How come it's only on Canadian why beaches? Why is it
0: only right there and
1: why is it only from 2017 to 2019?
0: Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Yeah. What the fuck? That doesn't make any Serial sense. killer. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, you said that one guy had been missing since 1987 though.
1: Well, maybe he didn't fit the criteria, maybe he was just a fluke, he was just a coincidence like he was the like accident. Your chick. Yeah.
0: He was the exception.
1: He was the exception to the rule. So nine of the feet have been identified, two of them from the same person. According to the coroner's service, most of the feet were men. In at least three of the cases, the shoes were size 12. Not all of the remains belong to Canadians. Mm-hmm. In the latest case, Mr. Watson said investigators would use DNA to try to identify its owner Despite the official conclusions, the washed-up feet still grip imaginations because of the murkiness of the discoveries and the likelihood that many of the deaths were not witnessed. Somebody witnessed something. Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody was pushing somebody mm-hmm. in the water.
1: Mr. Watson noted that the disarticulated feet had most likely separated naturally in the sea, where the footwear had helped preserve them. Because shoes are buoyant and currents are strong, he said, the remains could have washed in from as far north as Alaska.
0: Of course. They're blaming it on us again.
1: Whatever. (laughs)
0: How did these feet end up in Canada?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's all the Alaskans' fault. Mm -hmm. In 2012, the foot found in Lake Port Moody, northeast of Vancouver, was linked to a man whose boat had overturned while he was fishing in the area 25 years earlier.
0: Okay, so that was the 85
1: man. Yeah, so... Got one more. In December 2017, a Rottweiler discovered a lower left leg and foot with a white ankle sock and a black running shoe on Vancouver's coast. A few months later, using DNA technology, investigators matched the remains to a 79-year-old Washington State man Still, even then, questions remain. The man's family told the police he had vanished months before after leaving home without his medication. Oh, how sad. I have a photo of the
0: leg. Okay. okay. I see the leg. Dude, I would lose my shit if my <laughs> dog brought me his something dog, like that. Like,
1: <laughs> can you imagine like, just chilling at the park and your dog brings you a
0: fucking leg? Meat, with the shoe down. still on, the, no, no, all no, the thank meat you. is like completely picked off. No, Holy shit. thank you.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, think I might stop breathing for a second yeah. or two. I thank you. Not at all. But even with all of this, no definite cause has been determined. It's still a mystery. Murder. Maybe, maybe I'm going I'm for murder. There's some in there. I'm I'm gonna bet there's a murderer too. Oh again. yeah, at least I'm gonna say the odds are
0: in my favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Of that being right,
0: that was great. Thank you. <laughs> feet. No, y'all peruse those uh, feet pics at your <laughs> discretion. <laughs> it ain't cute. You
1: think we can make money off of those?
0: Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I mean, sadly, probably, probably. Ugh. Oh my god! It ain't cute, though. No, that's that's not. But All yeah. right. Well, so that was a great story. Ugly
1: feet pics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's um, let's move on to some trivia. Okay. The question was, mm-hmm. what unidentified serial killer is known as Scotland's Zodiac Killer? And the answer is Bible John. This one they have identified. Yeah. Between February 1968 and Halloween 1969, three women were beaten, raped, and strangled in Glasgow after spending an evening at the Barrowland Barrowland? Ballroom. The red-haired man believed responsible for the crime said his name was John, and he quoted the Bible.
1: What's up with you and redheads
0: today? I don't know. Ooh-hoo. The moniker Bible John was coined by the media, and soon the country was abuzz with talk of a devilish composite image. who I have heard this case covered on a podcast somewhere, and I don't remember where, and it's Cuckoo Bananas. Okay. So, there's that. That was, a, that was it. Who won? All right.
1: Yeah. All right. We have Miss Bonnie Cole on Facebook. Good job, ma'am. You have eight. We have Miss Rebecca Ayers from Instagram. You got three now, baby girl. You can still catch up. Woohoo. And coming in on Twitter, we have Miss Shannon Williams. Woohoo! There was another answer as well before hers. But I apologize. I cannot see your answer. It will not let me view the comment. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah. So I apologize. I checked all of our settings. They're set to view everything. So yeah. try again or hit us up. Let us know who you are and we'll figure something out. Yeah. Try to find you another route. Maybe. We go. Yeah. Yep. There's three different ones to choose from. So now we have um, a new trivia question to give you another shot at some gold stars for a mystery prize woo-hoo. from us in June at the end of our season. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. It's I'm just really going to on
0: everything. Woohoo!
1: woo-hoo woo. Oh my gosh it's because she's drinking vodka. She woohoo's when she drinks vodka. I'm not drunk though.
0: No, you need to drink some more. I just feel a little loosened up, a little butt. All right, I found a question. Okay, read it. What was the especially deranged method of murder of the Sleepy Hollow killer in South Africa? Oh my God, I'm here for that. Read it again, again. Mm-hmm. What was the especially deranged method of murder of the Sleepy Hollow killer in South Africa? And your time starts now, now, now. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, but it was cute. <laughs>
1: okay go to the socials and go answer the question yeah
0: answer your question get your gold stars check out some feet pics and <laughs> drink a dirty shirley yay and happy humping and have a good week friends and talk to you next week bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us don't forget to visit us on facebook and instagram for episode picks and announcements Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Gowetsky for editing, Craig Sleever for music, and our very own Amanda Higgins for art. We'll talk at you next week.